0: So, it's been a while. It's been a while. Do you want to say the song? I was thinking about I it. I won't. It's been a while. You can't make me. <laughs> the, I've seen the candles light your face.
1: I will not. I was told there'd be no Nickelback.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's, that, in my, it's in my contract. That's not Nickelback. That's uh, stained. Yeah, Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, this your boy, Shun, joined. By the man whose house here. smells of rich mahogany and has many leather-bound books. There's actually no books in this room. <laughs> Steve O.G. <laughs> There's not a single book in this room. Steve O.G. Hi. Howdy. <laughs> How you doing? Join us as we open the Extreme Wrestling Archive. ECW Heatwave 94. Open it. Oh, you know, notice actually they haven't been using like NWA anymore. But they're still in. the NWA. Purged it. No, they're still there. they're still um, paying their dues. Swept it under the carpet. Yeah, it's there, exactly. but it's not. Like I don't know, like. What would you compare that to? Does I just did. To? It's just swept it under the carpet. Well, I mean, like, like a, a like a current event. What I don't know. Like NWA is a conglomerate like offshores and then
1: like the Fiesta isn't the Fiesta anymore it's the Tostitos fiestable. <laughs> is,
0: that, is that what you mean yeah about? yeah exactly so again it, it's been a while since we've done so this does Tostitos
1: sponsor this <laughs> we might have to edit that out
0: oh no well, do we need permission I don't know no great product has been a while though uh, last time we were here do you remember anything it was about six months ago <sighs> no.
1: I live I live my life one quarter of my lifetime.
0: Like a like a horse,
1: no, a thoroughbred, okay. like a like a street racer.
0: Oh, me and Vin Diesel. So last time we got together, do you remember anything at all? I was probably wearing a shirt. <laughs> I don't care about anything. I had guess. You you. Were <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, it was the Hostile City Showdown. Remember who was the main event? That's Chicago, right? Oh, still there's a lot of hostility there. nice. But it's the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Right. But it was uh, uh, the main event was Sabu versus Cactus Jack. Remember that? He he came. He was yeah. there. He saw and he got. He actually got conquered though. So. There was
1: physical physical altercation. Yeah,
0: because Sabu. People won. paid money to see. Yeah. So last time, uh, what we only I had that over. we only had the TV title defended, mm-hmm. Mikey Whipwreck. Last time, the champions were uh, public enemy were the tag champs. The TV champ was Mikey Whipwreck, and the world champ was Shane Douglas. This time, your world champion is still Shane Douglas. Your tag champs are still the public enemy. And your TV champ is still Whipwrecking. I already said that, didn't I? Oh, okay. And your TV champ is still (laughs) Mikey Whipwreck. But then again, it's only been three weeks. (laughs) In that time, it's been three weeks. Mm -hmm. In our time, it's been six months. The 90s time just... Stood still. ...was faster. Yeah, okay. Pretty much since then, nothing really interesting has happened on television. Anything that is, I'll go over as we go in there. But this took place June 16th. Excuse me, July 16th, 1994. 1994. And there was 850 people in attendance, which is about half of what were at the last one. So, so this took place at the ECW Arena. Of course it did. Yeah. And it was labeled as the Battle for the Future, which is kind of in reference to Sabu versus Shane Douglas. Reminds to see of, if it's uh, the wrestler is the future or the crazy hardcore Sabu is the future. So it's nice a little... Uh, Not the rapper future? There's a, a rapper named Future? Yeah. Oh, I was unaware. No. So, no. We need to okay. get you cable. Uh, yeah. So, this is like
1: the dip and dots of wrestling shows.
0: <laughs> Why? Oh, because it's in the future. Oh, because it's a battle for the future.
1: Right. Correct. So, yeah. this that's what they should have called it <laughs> the dip and dots. The dip and dots wrestling match brought to you. They no, should have been, yeah, it, and wrestling.
0: You no, know, it should have been this instead of Tostitos sponsoring this. Right. it Should have been Dippin' Dots.
1: <laughs> brought to you by Dippin' Dots. <laughs> right. Booger roll ice
0: cream. <laughs> I'm just imagining the little Indian a factory kids. full of <laughs> Indian kids in Calcutta yeah. booger rolling ice cream. We are brought in Joey Styles on commentary. Always a good thing. You may not have, unless you were watching. Shows in between this or anything. Joey Styles actually had quit for about a month because uh, they were. Joey Styles lived in New York, but he was coming out to Philly to record all his shit. And no one except me lives on Paul Heyman's timeline, which he lives life from like midnight to 6 a.m., much like myself. So no one could keep up with that. And it was starting to interfere with his day job so Joey Styles actually had quit for a month and then to fill in on commentary we had like Jay Sully and Willie the Scoop Watts and oh my god if you get a chance to go back and that stuff is terrible question yeah
1: what what job do you quit to become the announcer of a public access TV wrestling show what? You don't have that staff for me.
0: What do you mean? Like, what job? Like, what do you mean? Oh, what what was his other job?
1: Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, 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 he left and then went to this job. And then at some point, he's like, you know what? I'm going back to the public access. <laughs> no,
0: actually, they came to him. Mm. I'm saying they came, they, they came to Joey Styles, like to New York, where they did all the post-production gotcha. stuff. So Joey Styles didn't have to quit his so you job. So
1: he could still work at Sp- Sparrow Pizza? Yeah, correct.
0: <laughs> 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 Although I think he had a job where he wore like a suit.
1: He was the manager of a Sparrow card. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, At the airport. True. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So like I said we'll we'll touch base on what has happened. Like I said there hasn't been much cuz it's only been 3 weeks since the last uh, adventure super card. So first up we have the Bad Breed versus Rock and Rebel and Hack Myers. So you remember the bad breed, Axel and Ian, right? Yeah, yeah, Axel's the one who had the haircut that you thought he needed brain surgery, but they just didn't feel the need right. to shave the rest. Of the they sack. shaved the wrong guy. <laughs> we actually haven't seen them in months. Um last time because, because of the surgery and the recovery. <laughs> but he was okay to wrestle. Yeah. In November. But now 6 months later He had to take, he was allowed a one time deal or something. Yeah, the Bad Breed, last we saw them, they were with Funk's, or when Terry Funk was heel, and they were his few good men. But now they're coming out slapping hands with the fans, so they're like, face, kind of weird. Rockin' Rebels, Hack Myers, they actually have no affiliation. I have no idea why the hell they're together. There's no real setup to this match. Was it a pickup game? Basically, I I feel like, you know, like how there's just leftover people and you just kind of throw them together huh. at the end the last two people like when everyone had got to pick their partners for the group project in school and there was those two kids at the end that right. just had to be together because they were the last two of that right so no setup for that no setup for the team even jason didn't come out with rock and rebel who usually manages him so i don't even think jason wanted to be affiliated
1: literally everybody knew this match was going to suck <laughs>
0: including <laughs> people in idea. so start off and Rebel and Hack, they come out actually to Jason's theme, but I don't think Jason was with them. So they come out to What a Man by Salt and Pepper. a Spinderella? She never gets any, any love? She doesn't, actually. And she likes, makes all the music. Those They're are the, the unsung yeah, heroes.
1: Salt and Pepper would be unseasoned <laughs> if it wasn't Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> Be, they'd be bland they'd yeah be very bland <laughs> and why was she Spinderella why couldn't they give like another spice name like, like salt and pepper and, and
0: nutmeg t- turmeric <laughs> <laughs> badberry come out they come out to hair of the dog remember that song this is guns and roses mm-hmm. guns and roses version though and the first thing I noticed when I come out dude emo ref he's my favorite he's back you couldn't see him though I heard him <laughs> you could hear him <laughs> okay <laughs> i could hear the sadness <laughs> the depression he was oh. you could hear sarah mclaughlin playing in the background all right so we start off axel hackmeyer's doing a little jaw jacking if you will and then they start slapping oh. each other pretty hard so always a good way to start the match it's a nice stiff open hand slap making the other guy kind of look like a bitch Hack, he gets the advantage with some punches. And then you can almost hear the fans start... We'll see Hack's little gimmick. Remember, I don't know if you remember how I told you ECW was like a a subculture or a culture of its own. And then Hack Myers had his own little culture that was below the (laughs) subculture. Yeah. So basically what that is, is the fans will chant when he punches or hits. And that's kind of like the first I've seen that. So you can kind of start hearing that start... In this match where uh, the fans start making noises when he punches or kicks. They become
1: part of the shtick. Correct. So, Audience it's engagement. Or, if you yeah, know. exactly. I believe it is the scientific terminology.
0: <laughs> That's what we learned in, in your business. I read it in
1: one of the books that aren't in this room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the leather-bound books. Where are all your leather-bound books? Mona? In my leather-bound book room? <laughs> 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 Alright, so we get some double-teaming by the Bad Breed pretty nice uh rockin rebel he comes in and does some uh, nice hot dogging flexing what have you uh and rebel shows his physical prowess and ian returns the favor by showboating and showing his physical prowess axel gets tagged in by ian and it's kind of nice because he starts uh getting bitty Getting busy.
1: You no, I, uh, You're I, familiar. I'm familiar with the colloquialism. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, with uh, elbows, Dusty road style. and Rebel does his uh, typical heel tag shtick, you know, like uh, fake tagging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, it saves you like a second <laughs> instead of really tagging. So it's kind of It's funny. the details.
1: It's <laughs> so Bill Belichick always said it's the little things. The details.
0: <laughs> Ian, he hits a Northern Light Suplex, which is kind of sloppy at the end, but still kind of impressive for him because he's a big boy. Ian Rotten uh, hits a double hook DDT and then a double. A sp- noggin knocker. <laughs> Two noggins. For those of you
1: that aren't aware, a noggin is a skull.
0: <laughs> Correct.
1: Thank you.
0: This leads to an inverted atomic drop and bulldog, which gets the bad breathe a three. Yeah. Which gets the bad breed the three. The axle hits the atomic drop, right? And then Eden hit the other one? But I believe so, yes. How do you know that? I heard
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Post-match. Post-match, Yeah. Under your set.
0: <laughs> Rock and Rebel, Hack Myers come to blows. They bo- I think they both clothesline each other. And basically that's it. E And scene. Yeah not a very uh long-lasting tag team there. But why
1: why is it that they always start with it, uh, the tag match?
0: I don't know. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it has been a couple pay-per-views like and shows in a row. I don't know, just c- there's more people in the ring, some more action. I don't Do know. Did you
1: just describe a tag team match as a match where there's more people in the ring? <laughs> if that was your that was your
0: that was your input on that. There's more people around the I ring. I believe they do because there are more people in the ring. <laughs> around the ring at ringside and in the ring. Correct on the ring. Well, they are standing on the ring, but they're not technically in the ring. This is a kind of a slow opening match, actually. No build between the two, but it, as you just pointed out, they've kind of been doing that. I remember what the, one of the Public Enemy versus like Jason night and some other it's like
1: when you go to see like a band at a club and then there's like that opening band that are like kind of cool that you might want to watch but before that band there's that other band that like plays on the smaller stage they found like in the subway like earlier in the day and they're like hey you want to just like play music in front of like nine people (laughs) that (laughs) are ordering beers yeah
0: that's what this always
1: is.
0: <laughs> Correct. That's the band that just so there's some kind of distraction going on while you're ordering your food. rather than like than like paying for
1: like a radio, they just <laughs> just invite homeless people <laughs> in the club to like bang on like so like, on a, like a trash band. cans and yeah. stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like I said earlier, pretty. I'm pretty sure the last time you saw the Bad Breed was there were Funk's few good band and there were heels, but um, their faces this time. So I don't know. But it's 1994. I forgive him. Any other thoughts or anything from you on that match? No, I just want to talk about the transition into the next
1: one. Okay, because they go from a hang on, hang. Hey.
0: <laughs> I just want to give an update on uh, member Rock and Rebel last time. Familiar with him from yeah. minutes ago when he was in that match. Yeah, I mean, last time we said uh, he was found dead. He and then actually they did find out it was a murder suicide. Um. Apparently, there's. I thought they said they were like a quiet couple, but apparently they've had a history, like a long, lengthy history of domestic abuse, so... Must have just reached breaking point. When we moved down. Yeah, I know. And he killed his wife and then killed himself.
1: Not the other way around? No.
0: It was him. Didn't kill himself and then kill his wife.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so they go right from this tag team match into... A belt match. Correct. In the middle. What do you mean in they the They put middle? they put a they put a title match in the middle. Of what? Of the, everything.
0: Put your title matches towards the, <laughs> oh, the yeah. end. But it's like uh it's the TV title, you know, it's a lower card. So put title. it next to the end. <laughs> I, don't, you gotta, I feel. I, I. agree with this. I disagree with you. You should spread it out throughout the card. Well, now. I'm right. <laughs> You're unright. Okay. So, yeah. Next up, I, we have, have, I probably have a leatherback book about <laughs> on it on there I, somewhere. About how right you are? About works. building suspense and okay. about how I'm right. Two Reaching books. climates. Okay. So, next up, we have Chad Austin versus Mikey Whipwreck. So, basically, this is the battle of the underdogs. Because these b- boys are both Tiny. Well, not tiny, but they're not that big. Chad, he's been slowly turning heel over the past couple weeks. And then it climaxed with him laying down for the Rock and Rebel on the previous Hardcore TV. Today he comes out to no theme and then introduces Jason as his manager not- to officially not friday the 13th jason no 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 jason knight the sexiest man on earth. although jason friday the 13th wears a mask so you can't really tell if he's the sexiest man on earth. but that officially cements or engraves his heel turn because now he has a heel manager engraving so that... and cementing are two different things whatever dude what Cement. Should... just go with one right Pick one. it officially cements his heel turn okay Mikey comes out to Loser by Beck. Always a good song. Nice to see. We start off with a nice little lock up into a side headlock. But Mikey goes for Leapfrog when they do the push-off onto the ropes type of thingy. And Austin counters it into a nice, like, wicked-looking body slam. Looks pretty devastating. Chad uh, dominates for a little bit. We get mm, a lot of reversals counter holds things like that uh, A back and forth if you will and i will uh many reversals between the two we end up with mikey drop kicking chad austin to the outside it looks pretty devastating i mean chad austin bumping all over the arena dude looks pretty uh pretty sweet i liked it oh we <laughs> after this we get the classic like uh Mikey Whipwreck chases Chad Austin around the ring. So you're chasing the heel around the ring. The heel gets in the ring real quickly. And then when the face goes in, the heel attacks them and kind of stomps them when they're rolling into the ring. So that's trademark heel tactics. So Austin, uh, he hits a Brain Buster. Are you familiar with that move? I am not familiar with that one. Oh. It's where you go for up for a suplex, but then instead of going all the way back, you just drop them straight on their head. Hmm. It's actually very dangerous.
1: <laughs> if you so.
0: Yeah. Uh, He pins Mikey, but only gets a two-count. Mikey, he gains the upper hand, works over Austin's arm. So you get a little ring psychology going on here. Austin, he does a full 360 off a backdrop. So All the way around. Yeah, Mikey gives him a backdrop, and he actually flips so far he lands on his face again. Mm. As opposed to most people who land on their back, he lands on his face. Either way, not good. Austin... He hits a sick-looking power powerbomb. Uh, but he picks up Mikey when he pins him at two. two. Which is... Heels should not. Oh, they always do it. They never should. I feel like if you are, have the chance to pin somebody, you should pin them. Right? That's pretty much the like, whole It's the point. point. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, he hits what Joey Styles calls a Franken-Mikey. Which is actually a Frankensteiner or a Hurricane Rana. Only gets a two. Chad Austin dumps him to the outside. Jason, he works over Mikey on the outside. And then... what? Well, he just dumps him back in. we giving just giving you a page turn opportunity. <laughs> Austin, he hit, he's going off the top rope. I don't know what he was trying to do, but it gets reversed anyway by Mikey Whipwreck. Just hits him in the stomach. Oh, Mikey, he then hits a nice, like, Mr. Perfect style. Uh call it rolling neck snap the guy's seated he comes jumps over him and grabs him by the neck kind of snaps him forward so it was kind of neat to see that's like a an old school mr perfect one of my favorite wrestlers imitating him mikey he reverses a frankensteiner with a power bomb uh but his pin gets broken up by jason or barely broken up mikey he hits a crossbody off the top rope only gets a two This is when Chad Austin then proceeds to dump Mikey outside, and Jason, like, face plants him on the timekeeper's table. Table. (laughs) Yeah. it looked pretty nasty. Then he... Jason dumps Mikey back in, and Austin then hits that slingshot face plant. Suplex. Well, it was like a face. It was a face first. It was the same thing, actually, that Jason did to Mikey on the table. But he just did a in the ring. Um, then Austin hits a top rope leg drop and gets the three, and we have a new TV champ. Two. Or do we? Three. Do we have a new TV champ? No. <laughs> you do so not. Austin,
1: there, we have we have we
0: have shenanigans. We have, we have an issue. Have, yeah, we have shenanigans. The problem. We have an issue. We have a complaint. <laughs> yeah, Austin. Chad Austin gets on the mic, says that when the people cheer for them for him, he just has to let them down. He says that uh, he he used brass knuckles. He took brass knuckles out of his boots, told the ref he used them, which he clearly didn't.
1: This caused the ref to reverse the decision. Correct. We can flip flop. He flipped yeah. it and reversed it. And then Jason hit a pile driver. He did actually. Thank you.
0: Yeah, like he said though, he'd, yeah, he they reversed the decision and then Chad Austin, Mikey, or Chad Austin, Jason, work over Mikey and he pile drive him on the melt, which actually, if you could have seen it, looked pretty sweet. Like he got belt more to his face or the top of his head. Yeah, uh, Austin then gets on the mics and calls all the fans turkeys, which is a sweet diss if you're a dad. <laughs> And you're playing cards against your son's friends. Playing Uno, <laughs> you t- call them you turkey. I personally love this match. You got the two young bucks, Mikey, Chad Austin, flying all over the ring. <laughs> Chad Austin bumping like a motherfucker all over the arena. Well, mostly inside the guarded area. And again, Mikey retains the title despite losing. So that gimmick's been sweet and i also like the the booking of well, the fans cheered for us for the title change and he's like fuck that he's like i don't if you cheer for me no you're not getting it but it didn't really get over i i thought it was a sweet so idea. so the customer is always wrong <laughs> that's what we learned from that match yeah basically i i, I just don't think it got over because it was chad austin if it would have been somebody with some Clout? Yeah. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> you and me are in I the I got your front, game. bro. Yeah. So, any other thoughts? Anything on that? You should have been later. Yeah. I don't mind it here. So, first disagreement of the night. The match discussion. Trace. Alright. This is the just an ECW challenge match. Tommy, the Nightmare. Dreamer. That would be a sweet nickname for him. <laughs> <laughs> versus uh stevie steve, steve. my last no. name is dick richards actually it's just steve richards but it'll be impossible not to call him stevie richards because he's stevie Richards. Richard. up to this point uh tommy dreamer on tv has been feuding with like sandman hughes douglas and not really feuding just getting his ass kicked completely dominated by them it's a nightmare <laughs> yeah so this seems at this point like a filler match just to get Dreamer on the card. Because Steve Richards, aka Michael Steven Mana, that's his real name. You put it in quotes. Uh, he, it was it a fake name. <laughs> I should do that around Steve uh, Richard. Right, yeah. Uh, he started in ECW actually all the way back in 1992. I think he was on the first. This tapes. is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> should I state all my facts in quotations and then. Now, he started back at ECW all the way back in 1992, and I think he was actually on the first tape they put out, like of their first couple shows. But he kind of went down in and scene, he finally got called back up uh, to ECW here, and kind of has no real other history than that. I mean, really small guy. Uh, he did wrestle in TWA, obviously, uh, or he did he wrestle in TWA. What? No. Remember TWA? That's the organization before this one. Actually, in real life, Steve Richards had this sweet job of actually answering the ECW phone line. So anytime you called that, that was Steve Richards answering it. Hello? <laughs> how many, I want to know how many people called the phone line. I, uh, I don't even know if those records were kept back then. <laughs> Unless Todd, Todd Gardner was probably cooking the books back then. So. And then he comes out with Angel. That's a way
1: worse job than being the manager of a Sparta Pizza at the airport. <laughs> what? Answer the phone.
0: <laughs> Be very lonely and <laughs> boring. Like, but like I said, a like lot who of... Who do you transfer phone calls to? Well, he used to take like people that would order shirts and tapes right. and merchandise and yeah. all that shit. So again, another one like J.T. Smith, who used to work in the pawn shop. Stevie Richards used to answer the phone lines and then you'll even see like later on taz used to design all the t-shirts and shit so that's kind of cool like as a homegrown company even employees work side jobs to help make the company thrive which i'm all about he comes to the ring uh with angel if you don't remember angel she was in the summer sizzler i recall you might remember big fat titties from that she was the one that flashed the crowd it's kind of funny though like if you do any research on her i I don't know what her issue is, but apparently she claims that Dave Meltzer, he's like the he did a lot of the original dirt sheets or wrestling newsletters that kinda did the behind the scenes thing. And Mick Foley both molested her in nineteen ninety four. Like while she was underage. Jesus. But if you go look at her biography, she was born in nineteen seventy five, which would have made her nineteen at the time. So she's even gone, so it's like it's even been as recent as 2017. She protested a McFoley book signing with a big sign that said, McFoley molested me when I was 15. But, I mean, you could, I don't know, that's kind of what she seems like. She portrays a slut, and she showed her titties on the first show, so she, I don't know, she seems like she's kind of promiscuous in that way anyway, so I don't know. Mick Foley said that she has mental issues, which she clearly does. Maybe that's from being molested as a kid. I don't know. I don't know the truth. You can do your own research, whatever you want. That's just the basic facts that I got. Yeah, she claims she was fifteen, but she would have been nineteen at the time, so. Steve Richards. He comes out with Angel. Can't figure out what, what song they're coming out to, but it's very hippie-like. He's got his little uh, John Lennon shades on. Although Angel comes out in bondage gear with like leather and chains and what have you. So And dreads, so it doesn't really make sense. Tommy Dreamer, he comes out to Even Flow again. Always a good song. And this time he is billed as being from Cleveland, Ohio. So is that where Dreamland is? Were we wrong with Kansas? What? Remember we thought Dreamland USA was Kansas? I don't know, maybe. That's what we thought last time. Why did we think that? I don't don't know. But apparently it's Cleveland, Ohio. Huh. Not
1: not my dreams.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whose dreams are these? Not ours. Alright, so... Styles, he makes a very funny joke about Angel being a slut. Which he... I believe it's something along the lines uh, Stevie Richards wants to align himself with Angel because she's done her homework. He's like... She's very familiar with ECW and wrestling. And from what I hear, she's very familiar with all the wrestlers as well. She's done her homework. Implying that she's banged everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Do what you will with that. Richards, he, uh, it off with some right hands. Dreamer, though, he gains the upper hand. With his straight out of school textbook offense, although he's been out of school for a while now. Couple of rest holds by Dreamer. Stevie with, uh couple of pretty significant botches messing up a couple moves but i'll forgive him he's very very new they both brawl to the outside uh even incorporating the steel guardrail on the outside which can always be painful stevie he turns uh the tide with a couple stevie kicks gotcha aka like crescent kicks or the super kick or sweet gin music by Shawn michaels Then he hits, Stevie Richards that is, hits a nice standing drop kick on Tommy Dreamer, which allows Angel to get in on the action, and she starts choking Dreamer on the bottom rope. Then they both hit a double clothesline, which leads to like a nice little rest spot. So they can both catch their breath. They're both on the mat at this point. Richards, he hits a fist drop from the top rope, only gets a two count. Then uh, Richards stands up and announces to everyone in the arena, everyone, that he's going to do it again, including Tommy Dreamer. Based on this, Dreamer knows now what's coming, and he's able to reverse it, and he reverses it into a sleeper hold, A.K.A. the Dream Weaver, getting Tommy Dreamer this submission victory.
1: Man, yeah.
0: Afterwards, though, post match, there's some post match. A, a little
1: extracurricular.
0: Dreamer, he gets on the mic, calls Angel a slut. Like that's he. I think he just says, "Hey, slut." <laughs> No no, 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 like no. none
1: of that stuff w what you could do today,
0: yeah, exactly, you c-
1: and I, like even hearing it like i, I, like, I, was, I was, like, cringing inside, like
0: <laughs> offended,
1: yeah, but then you figure it was you know twenty five years ago or but even it was
0: yeah even uh then though, it would have been,
1: yeah, like you just still toy that story about like her with McFoley, like that's oh, yeah, that's disgusting, and crazy yeah if that's, that's true.
0: Yeah, what is he? He says, if you want him, you got him, or whatever, and throws Richards to the outside. He then calls out Douglas, because they've been feuding off and he calls Douglas a piece of Pittsburgh shit, which <laughs> goes uncensored. Douglas, he comes to ringside, kind of being held back by Hughes, but Hughes then gets in the ring, and referee John Finnegan tells him to ring the bell, and they start a match. Thus, he must be using the $3,000 education he got from the ECW. No the e c w school
1: Of videotapes.
0: <laughs> for wrestlers, managers and refs all Which together was on videotape. was it no that was you went and learned things it was like an exercise tape for <laughs> it was like jazzercise? yeah or the thigh yeah. Thigh master was a piece of equipment but it came with a video tape did it yeah
1: wow.
0: all of those things do you they got to teach you how to use it. No, like, just paper instruction manual? I'm sure there's a paper instruction manual. How to put it it together. You're saying
1: people that need to work on their thighs can't read? Is that
0: what you're saying? Uh, Basically, yeah. (laughs) All right, so this leads into our next match, actually. Tommy Dreamer versus Curtis Hughes, or Mr. Hughes. So Hughes, uh, he works over Dreamer as Douglas goads him from the outside, you know, taunting him and then all of a sudden billy joel's big shot just starts playing over the loudspeaker as hughes is working over dreamer there hughes he works over dreamer with uh, punches eye pokes showing off his graceful scientific maneuvers that he has his uh techniques hughes controls or excuse me hughes counters a crossbody with a backbreaker which actually wasn't too bad he was able to keep him up there then break his back accordingly. Uh, Dreamer, he hits a nice low blow, which causes Hughes to cringe, then hits another low blow. Dreamer then botches some kind of weird kick move and falls down as Hughes just kind of stands there like a statue. I don't think either one of them knew what was supposed to go on there, so they kind of didn't do anything, but they both sold like something was about to happen. It was kind of funny. They exchange more right hands. Hughes counters. The Dreamweaver uh, shoving Dreamer into the ropes. Douglas then hits Dreamer with a chair, causing Hughes to hit the sidewalk slam and get the three count. So post-match of this match, Douglas gets on the mic, uh, recruits Angel, Angel as his head cheerleader, because she's still at ringside with Stevie Richards, who's getting carried to the back. Douglas says he wants to he wants Angel to take care of Paul E. dangerously for him. Angel, she gets on the mic, says some typical slutty things, like she, Douglas doesn't know about her reputation, and he calls Curtis Hughes the offensive line, and she says she specializes in offensive lines, which causes Joyce does to make a joke that in high school, the high, the high school football team retired her number, which is, gotcha. she banged everybody on the football team, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny be honest with you that's good old 90s humor what are your thoughts on that match matches excuse me i don't know why they had to add a second one on the first one well if you had kind of been watching it kind of makes sense at first you seem like why is dreamer fighting this other guy it's just to get dreamer on the card why isn't he fighting anyone he's feuding with but then they come out and like i said they've been that's kind of like the heel mentality to kick someone when they're down so dreamer just went through this match and and now his enemies, who he's been feuding with, who have been kicking his ass right, this whole They could have built it up though for the next, That's the next true. thing, though, right? But yeah, true to their form, they came in, continued to kick him while he was down, and then beat him and pinned him in actually three minutes. So one of the shorter matches. For me, the first Dreamer match wasn't that great. A lot of botches, but they're still both relatively new to the whole wrestling business, so I'll forgive them. Also, there was no... no Build up or anything. You never really heard of Stevie Richards before, so it's kind of hard to get interested. Plop them in there. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get interested in something you have no history of or time invested in. At first, I thought the next match was kind of terrible, but then I rewatched it again and actually was probably my favorite Curtis Hughes match. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) We heard you. We heard you. (laughs) Recorded it. It's been highly documented how much I do not like Mr. Hughes. But this was the best he had done. With the exceptional one botch, it wasn't that hard to watch. Um, with the exception, I think or I think the only reason though really is because it was only three minutes long. It wasn't that long. Short. Yeah. Sweet. Douglas, Dreamer, they've been feuding off and on since all the way back when last fall, Dreamer won the tag team championship with Johnny Gunn. And then he went to, I think, the WWF at the time. So Douglas filled in for him, and then Douglas turned on him, costing him the belts, which went to Kevin Sullivan and the Tasmaniac at that time. So they've been feuding off and on. As far as Angel goes, well, I guess we'll see what happens with her later in the night. In the but, Yeah, she apparently went from, I don't know, I guess her coming out with Stevie Richards was just to get Douglas to recruit her afterwards. I see what you're saying. Douglas, he gets on the mic, complains about Hogan, Flair, Bret Hart. Gets kind of annoying because that's all he ever does. is complain about. It. He's like he's challenging them, and they're probably like, "Fuck you! I make seven figures where I'm at. I'm not gonna come More and TV. wrestle." Yeah, but he he'll he still does it to this day. Complains about them. So, any other thoughts on that match? No, you're good. You feeling all right? I feel good. Okay.
1: This next one's chaotic. Yes. So like chaos.
0: Next up we have you
1: need a, you need a float, like a bulletin board you and need, like yarn. Yeah, yeah the like yarn to figure out what the hell's like, going on here.
0: NCIS crime scene. Yeah, you need ship. like note cards and <laughs> pictures, because the stuff just there's just uh, things. And a list of their crimes. There's a things that... Next up we have the pit bulls versus Taz and a mystery partner. Now Taz and the Pitbull They've been fighting off and on for a couple months now. You remember? Hmm? You probably actually don't remember the yeah. last one. They had the chain match, the dog collar that. match. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, and that's when they debuted Pitbull 2. And now since Kevin Sullivan is in the WCW forming the Dungeon of Doom, Taz really doesn't have a partner. So we have to have a mystery. Question mark. Yeah, mystery. Okay. So I, honestly, I think maybe Kevin Sullivan was supposed to be the question mark yeah well he was supposed to be his partner and then for whatever reason well you know he probably left for more money what have you and they couldn't fill out a spot with anyone so that's why they put the mystery opponent or mystery partner but they honestly because at first todd gordon comes out and says there was transportation problems with this mystery partner so they were gonna have to cancel the match and this causes the pitbulls to just bum rush taz anyway Pipples beat down Taz with their chains. I do kinda of like at the beginning they come out to the white zombie Thunder Kiss 65 and Jason has them on really long chains like Pitbulls. It's very inhumane but funny. Treating humans like dogs. For some reason, Hughes, Curtis Hughes, Rock Chad Austin, Rebel. the Rock and Rebel all come to ring size. And for some reason Hack Myers is out there and they attack him too. So I, I'm guessing they had an allotted time for this match that they didn't have a, a a person for, so they had to fill it with something. So they just put all the people that have already wrestled I out like,
1: there. I figured like someone like lit off like a smoke bomb in the locker room <laughs> and like everybody was just running away from that. Yeah. And the only safe zone was just like a- in around the Around ring. ringside. <laughs>
0: in- <laughs> well, you know, like that that hall is so tiny. That the right. locker room is like so small. The bathroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a closet. So right. if somebody farts or something, you know, they all Stick have to them. evacuate right. yeah. the area. I don't know why all these people are out here, but like I'm guessing, like I said, they just need to fill was, some time. It was a melee. It, it was. Is it melee or melee? Melee. Okay, I prefer melee as well. Uh, this causes nine one one to come out. He gets a huge pop. Because he was there to rescue, <laughs> correct. Nine one, he attacks uh, Hughes, rebels, Austin. Uh, he is about to choke slam Rock and Rebel and then? Chad Austin on the floor, but Hughes comes up and hits him with the chair. The old steel dragon, yeah,
1: as as I call it. <laughs> starting now,
0: <laughs> and he hits him with that steel dragon <laughs> yeah. an insane amount of times. <laughs> I think that's going to take I'm off. I'm going to have to <laughs> <laughs> steel dragon. I'm gonna have to put a counter on there how many times he hit him. Cause he hit him with that steel yeah. dragon like uh <laughs> yep. it was like fifteen times. The man. steel dragon is out
1: <laughs> Oh that's perfect dude I love it. It's also oh. the great that'd be a great name of a of like a, a crappy like 80s hairband cover band.
0: <laughs> Pipple's still working over Taz in the ring, by the way. This is that's all going on while this outside stuff is going on. Then uh, Sabu comes out to the rescue, makes the save, and then the bell rings. So we have apparently Sabu is filling in. Who would have thunk it? And what did Sabu use? He used a steel (laughs) dragon on everyone. (laughs) Did he? Yeah. Actually, despite them not being together, they do some great double teaming. Taz belly to belly suplexes Piple to over the top rope to the outside. And then Sabu slingshots into a Hurricanrana on the outside on Pitbull two, So that was like a holy fuck combination of moves there. They really got the fans going. Taz, he hit a half-Nelson suplex on Pitbull 1. And then he gets the 3. So technically this match lasted like 50 seconds. Right. <laughs> but those 50 seconds were fucking awesome, dude. I love Taz. Love Sabu. And also during this match, actually, there was no commentary
1: well how can you how can you
0: call a melee <laughs> <laughs> that's true it was kind of interesting you just got the full brunt of the moves um nice him- high impact combination by sabu taz i didn't get the opening brawling it really made no sense it had nothing to do with the stuff going on on the inside of the ring that's so you case. couldn't really focus on one or the other or listen to one or the other in your case and I assume it was very, very quick because Sabu still had another match later in the night. So, what are, what are your thoughts uh, well, on Big fan of melees. Yeah. Nice. It would have been nice if it was like some, I don't want to say, it it's, might sound like counterintuitive, but organized brawling. <laughs> organized melee? <laughs> yeah, correct. Because there was just a bunch of different melees. You had like just two separate It's like a buffet so,
1: of, of melee. a a fighting a wrestling buffet
0: but it would be like a chinese buffet and food court yeah like if you had like a chinese buffet and then some other fucking weird ass buffet like a sparrow pizza yeah like in the same it's just not i don't know it's just you have two different tastes you either want chinese food or you want like pizza you've never ordered chinese food and pizza before not from the same restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> what restaurant? <I> <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on that? I ask you that. Yes. Okay. So next up, we have the Dueling Canes. The Sandman with women. Woman. When I hear Wolf Dueling men.
1: Canes match, I think of like Dumb and Dumber, like that when they're they're uh,
0: they're, doing... they're swashbuckling with the canes. They actually are yeah. dueling with canes, but those are like walking stick canes. These are not walking stick canes. These are like. Bamboo, tightly. Kendo sticks. (laughs) Correct. So, the Sandman with woman versus Tommy Cairo with Peaches in a Dueling Canes match. This one still feuding. They've been doing the. They've been feuding for a long time over Sandman's wife. Cairo obviously he needs to pay his bill because he's been all up in that. According to the storyline, last time was a cane on a pole match. This time, fuck it. Both come to the ring with a cane. So escalating in matches as the feud goes on. Sandman, woman come out first. Sandman has his traditional pre match smoke, um, standing on chairs around ringside, presenting his cane to the fans. Posing for photos, what have you. Not as long as the last entrance, Mm -mm. because the last one (laughs) needed to be like a two parter. Cairo Peaches come out. Cairo, he's got his own cane. Then this is where we get a lot of standoffish cane spots, you know, like swinging at each other, just barely missing. Sandman's in the ring, kind of poking at Cairo. Um, Both men very cautious, you know. They don't want to be the first one to get hit. Sandman, then he starts to stalk Peaches with the cane, but still no contact yet. Building tension. It's all right. I I understand that. Um, Usually I I get kind of... Annoyed with stalling, but I think this was the right amount. You know, right time play. to do it. Yeah. No, I want to get straight to the banging. I don't need need foreplay. Who needs that bullshit? Cairo. He gets the first shot in. He like kind of puts up his cane like yo, and uh blocks the Sandman swinging. He gets some heavy shots in. Cairo then gets a third a third round of shots in, and then the Sandman kind of dodges to the outside. And they trade a couple cane shots back and forth. Then uh, Cairo, inside the ring, gets in the first head shots. Which are always fun with a cane. <clears throat> Trading more cane shots on the outside that bust the Sandman open. Then when they get back in the ring, Sam, uh, Cairo hits Sandman in the shoulder. And the Sandman obviously blades his shoulder. You can see it. He starts bleeding from the shoulder as well as the head and then actually he starts bleeding from the stomach too. You can see him blade his stomach. So, same a little sloppy there. Cairo, he uh, misses a top rope cannonball, does like a flip cannonball type thing, which I don't know, I wouldn't even attempt a wrestling move when I had a cane. But Cairo's kind of a gym rat, so he's not, what do we used to call them, meatheads? A, little, not a, a lot of brawn, not a lot of brain. You know what I mean? Salmon, he gets some headshots in, which busts Tommy Cairo wide open. It's actually the bloodiest you can see out of all the matches we've ever seen. So, at this point. Double headshots leads to both men going down to the rest spot, so they kind of both hit each other on the top of the head and then fall backwards. Kind of funny spot there. Peaches, then she comes in, grabs the cane, and confronts woman. Then Peaches accidentally canes the ref, by accident, you know, on the backswing. The old missing cane. Yeah. Knocks him <laughs> in the old noggin. Yeah. So the ref's out at this point. Salmon, he grabs Peaches, and then Cairo on the other Eschews side. her
1: from the plank surface.
0: Not yet. Does he? Soon. Cairo, he's about to cane woman, but uh, salmon. I guess, yeah, he shoots Peaches away and notices that Cairo's about to hit Woman. So Sandman then blasts Cairo. In the head. Yeah. Sandman then assaults Cairo with the cane, leading to the eventual three count. So he kind of just beats him into oblivion and then pins him. Sandman and Woman pose with canes. And then the Sandman tells Cairo yet again to pay his bill. Which... Again, I don't think he wrestles with money in his pockets. So, what do you do? Fanny pack. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on this match? Eh. Nah? Eh. I love this match. Love the gimmick. Especially because the two have been feuding for a while. Makes me that much more interested in the match. A lot of bloodshed. Especially, uh, you can see a nice clean image of Tommy Cairo's head bleeding. Um, but fucking sandman for christ's sake hide your blade jobs a little better it's <laughs> very obvious all right we're getting down to the main event the two-part main event here this is the first part this is the battle for the future like i had said earlier Ultimate match yeah it's pen ultimate there's no t in the first part thank you Pen ultimate. but i am familiar with that should read that in the leather bound book <laughs> no but i will i will get you one picker yeah <laughs> Uh, so this is the battle for the future, like I said. Sabu, the new crazy kind of psycho wrestler versus Shane Douglas, the old school, you know, technical wrestler. Rattler. So high impact versus methodical wear you down. So this is for the heavyweight title. Looking back on this, uh, Sabu, he is actually the only man that has pinned Shane Douglas in the past four years. And he pinned him at... NWA Blood Feast Day 2, which was October 2nd, 1993. So he defeated him for the world title. Excuse me, the heavyweight title, because it's not overall title. Paul E. Douglas, they haven't gotten along since all the way back then when, like right before that, Paul E. was kind of trying to remake the Dangerous Alliance in the ECW. So he had, like, I think this was back, like he had Don Morocco, Jimmy Snuka, but he also had Shane Douglas was in it and then Shane Douglas or Paul E brought in Sabu, which actually pissed off Douglas, so they haven't gotten along since then, and obviously Sabu and Douglas don't like each other. So it really haven't been feuding that much or whatsoever, but it's kinda nice because Sabu always kinda holds that over Douglas's head that he has pinned him within the past year. Paul E, nine one one, come out with Sabu. Franchise. He comes out with Curtis Hughes, and angel. But the funny thing is, Sabu actually just crashes through the wall. Like uh, the Kool Aid Man. Yeah, exactly. And he's it, like, Joey Styles is like, oh, he couldn't find the curtain, so he just came through the wall, which I believe is, it's kind of actually funny. So he just bum rushes into the ring, dives at the ref, kind of scares him. Uh, then Paulie nine one one come out, kind of calm him down, hold him back a little bit. So that was. a Unique entrance. Kind of fun to watch. Franchise comes out with Mr. Hughes and Angels, like I said earlier. Uh, Match starts off quick. Sabu just dives right at Douglas, but he's able to dodge him. Douglas, he gains the advantage with wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) They They brawl to the outside. Uh, Douglas, he hits a double axe handle. Which brings them back to the inside. A couple reversals back and forth. Nothing really noteworthy in the beginning of the match. You know, it's kind of wrestling psychology, you know, building up with the slow rest holds. Slow burning. Yeah, exactly. Douglas, he then hits a nice vertical suplex, you know, holding Sabu up there for a while. Rest holds, a couple more by Douglas. A nice backbreaker into a camel clutch. Joey Styles like really building up Douglas, basically like sucking his dick right now about huh. how good he is. Kind of annoying. Got got annoying. Uh Sabu. Then he turns the tides when uh he reverses uh Irish Whip, kick to the gut, and leads to a sit out power bomb, which was nice. Gets a long, nice two count. You know, I love the the slow burn of the, the three count, you know, one, two, oh, just barely gets out. So We got that. Sabu, he hits a chair shot on the outside and then proceeds to hit the diving plancha onto a seated Douglas, much like he did to Cactus Jack last month. I do like how he even makes Paul ye come and hold him in place, you know, because who's going to fucking sit there while somebody's running and diving at you? But if somebody's holding you, it's It's a different story. Sabu, he uh, hits some chair shots on the inside steel dragon oh yeah (laughs) sabu he hits douglas with the steel dragon on the inside places it on the ground and then goes for air sabu but misses then douglas proceeds to hit an atomic drop onto the steel dragon which that would hurt (laughs) <laughs> just being full force put on your ass under the chair the chair actually buckles underneath him as well douglas he then hits a nice slingshot splash, splash. which for him is impressive and it kind of goes along with what i say how douglas can adapt to other people's styles was almost a sabu like maneuver that douglas pulled out there but only gets a two count hits a nice stiff pile driver on sabu which only gets another two They exchange a couple more offensive maneuvers. And then Shane Douglas reverses Sabu's Frankensteiner into a powerbomb, which leads to Douglas getting the upper hand with a couple more rest holds. He hits like a Boston Crab and then an STF. And it's kind of nice. Like even that can kind of keep my interest because Sabu continues to fight even though he's in these rest holds you know instead of just laying there like right. a like a bump you know, on a log right. he's still trying to get out of the move so it, get, it gets it interesting sabu he regains advantage uh with a low blow but then follows it up with their shitty spin kick which actually knocks douglas to the outside over the top rope it it both looked both it looked terrible and they both oversold it for how yeah <laughs> This, uh, Sabu, then he hits a somersault plancha onto Douglas, um, and it looks like his boot clocks a fan in the head. No worries, though, the fan completely you no-sells know, it and keeps cheering on. Sabu hits Douglas in the face with a the chair. They brawl over the guardrail, then Douglas plants Sabu on the gar- guardrail, takes a sign from a fan, spits on it, and then throws it back in his face, so, <laughs> Very rude. Sabu then crotches Douglas on the rail. I think originally Douglas wanted to crotch Sabu, but he reversed it and Sabu crotched Douglas on the rail. 911 earning his paycheck. (laughs) 911! He grabs a table, which gets a huge pop from the crowd. So fans are already getting um, trained to this violence all of a sudden uh the lights cut out i don't know why but they just went out and we cut to sabu with a chin lock on douglas and then miraculously the lights come back on so i don't know what the deal was maybe they just you know i I have heard i believe that may have been on purpose yeah although i have heard rumors that it gets so hot in there that sometimes the shit Uh, overheats yeah i don't know if but this is early and like i said this was half of the audience of last time so It could have been on purpose. Regardless. middle of July. <laughs> Just, uh, why not? So Douglas, uh, he reverses that chin lock with a jawbreaker. And then to the outside with that table, that 911 had set up, Sabu props Douglas up against it and then tries to hit an acai moonsault. Douglas moves. Sabu hits the table, lands on his head. And then actually Douglas sells it like he's in shock gets back in the ring and tells the ref to count sabu out, so sabu kinda or d- excuse me Douglas kind of freaked out like looked like sabu legitimately hurt himself, so emo ref complies, counts him out, and the match ends in a count out as sabu like I said apparently broke his neck <laughs> so paul e he uh all okay, so sabu's down on the outside, paul e decides to come inside. And attacks Hughes from behind as Sabu is—you can kind of see in the background—he gets carried off in a stretcher, clearly moving all four extremities.
1: He's good. He's
0: good guy. (laughs) So his neck is not broken. Nine one one then enters the ring. He chokeslam's Douglas, and then we get a Hughes nine one one standoff. (laughs) Yeah, to the big guys. Nine one one asks for some right hands. The old chin. Yeah. So he gets some right hands from Hughes, shakes them off, and then he choke slams Hughes. So nine one one comes out on top there. And then we get an awesome spot. Angel gets in the ring, kind of confronts nine one one, and nine one one proceeds to choke slam her, which gets the biggest pop of the night, and the crowd starts to chant nine one one, confusing everyone because we don't know whether to call for help or if they're cheering the guy in the ring. But a woman yeah. was just chokeslammed.
1: She <laughs> should probably, call, probably
0: call, call the authorities. Yeah. So, finally, Shane Douglas defends his title on, <laughs> on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Not, not, not a, a mythical defense? <laughs> He's not in some shitty tag match at the beginning of the pay-per-view. Right. So um, at first, again, I thought this match was eh, but then uh, it was a lot better the second time around, I thought. A lot of rest holds, but as I was noticing while I was watching this, every time Sabu had the upper hand, he picked up the pace, the match picked up, and Douglas had to like pick up himself to kind of combat it. And every time Douglas took over, he slowed it down, um, you know, wore him down methodical. Nice. So styles. you have the, the wrestler with the wear downs. When he's on top, and then the psycho high impact crazy moves when Sabu is on top. So it really is the battle of the future. And apparently, the wrestler won. So I guess ref- wrestling is, and there's going to be no more hardcore high impact moves because shit. the the yeah. wrestler It's is just won. like dipping dots, right?
1: <laughs> Good old fashioned ice cream always wins. <laughs> yeah.
0: How often your do you get and hear- dot shit out of here? <laughs> the ice cream of the future. Leave that shit in the past. No. Just give me a fucking scoop.
1: A <laughs> scoop of vanilla. That's all, I
0: want. That's all I want. One giant scoop. I don't want little tiny... No, I don't want sprinkles. <laughs> I don't want chocolate. I just want
1: plain old
0: one scoop vanilla ice cream.
1: That's
0: it. That's all I want. And I'm going to eat it slowly. Oh, you want to... No,
1: no! 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 I want one... One scoop... Of vanilla ice cream. Not
0: French vanilla! I don't want any other flavors. I just want... Plain. Plain. Vanilla ice cream. <laughs> right. That's it. So, it's kind of nice, actually, though. You can see them adapting to each other's styles when needed. Sabu can uh, wrestle, counter-wrestle if he needs to. And then Douglas, with like that slingshot splash, he can kind of higher impact moves, brawl to the outside, what have you. The post-match was... Good I like that nine one one coming in choke slam and Hughes I love when uh he's gets his ass kicked it's always a good time for me and then of course angel women violence always a big <laughs> i don't I don't like like awful. women violence you know, I like women getting in on the action you know, instead of just being there as like tits and ass to prove that they can i mean it's nice, but then the prove they can take bumps or get involved in the action too is always cool. Countout victory, little lame, but um, they were trying to get over how reckless Sabu is to the point that he will hurt himself to put hurt on the other. Although he clearly didn't sell his broken neck, (laughs) you could see him rolling and moving all four extremities. But maybe he only fractured the vertebrae, and there was no spinal cord involvement. Spinal injury, and I know this is going to come and bite me in the ass at November to remember. And we'll get into that at November two. Just love really. that hanging out there. Exactly. <laughs> just, just sprinkle that out on the table.
1: <laughs> All right. One more match. So and of course, it's, your it's your these life. jackasses. <laughs> so part old, two: old man and old man, <laughs> older old man brother. It was old
0: man. A man lot, of, and lot old. of old oldness. In yeah. The so, next up, we had a no roped barbed wire match. This is part two of the two part main event.
1: Because a funk can't wrestle unless they're in the last match. <laughs> and a funk can't wrestle unless there's some sort of gimmick.
0: Correct. So, <laughs> per the rules. Yeah, so we have Terry Funk, Dory Funk. Apparently, they haven't tagged together, well, previous to the last one for 10 years. Apparently there was a lot of tension between the two. But they're back again three weeks later. This still stems from uh the last pay per view obviously. It was just uh it was a non title tag match which ended up Rocco Rock got hung from the eagle's nest. So this has been an ongoing feud between the two, uh with increasing ruthlessness. In order to, you know, prolong the feud you gotta increase the violence. So why not? So why not it?
1: roll around in some barbed wire? <laughs> yeah.
0: Now previously on TV shows they were showing Funk who has done this multiple times in FMW in Japan. Very famous for barbed wire matches. They started exploding glass anything that'll hurt you. All of the things. All that stuff. Yeah. So Funk's been known to do that. However Dory is not known for this and from what I hear is a little weary going into this one having to do it but we'll see. So funks they come out first again to that fanfare of the common man. Public enemy then come out. So slam by onyx. Now funk. The funks, excuse me, are already in the ring, um which is actually as opposed to your normal three ropes, I think there's five rows of barbed wire going around the outside. So uh funks are in the ring, TPE or the public enemy comes out and then they proceed to they're wearing their belts backwards like gangster style. Which I like, kind of like on those. It goes with their gimmick there. And then they start off by hightailing it to the Eagles Nest. They run up to where Joey Styles is doing commentary. Although I can't see jo- Joey Styles up there, so I wonder if he's like trying to, like in post production, he's doing the commentary of these matches, pretending like he's Or maybe up he got a
1: phone call and there was an emergency with the pizza oven at Sparrow. <laughs> call a maintenance guy to get in there. <laughs>
0: He had that, uh, issues to deal with, but uh, like it's kind of almost like he's pretending that he's there, which is kind of funny. Like imagine doing commentary. It's probably easier. But like you have to like pretend you're in the past up there because he's like, "Don't hit me with that," you know. But it doesn't look like he's anywhere up there. You could do that. Okay. The Funks actually start throwing chairs at them, um, and then Terry Funk gets on the mic and calls them assholes. Huh mean. Yeah, which causes them to it's come out. Bad back sportsmanship, down. Is what that is. So, finally <laughs> Yeah, finally we get them both in the ring there. Texas tornado style cuz obviously you can't stand on the outside and be asked for a tag in in this barbed wire match. We get a couple back and forth exchanges, you know, not quite touching the ropes yet, you know, kind of building up to getting that. So, first Dory is thrown whipped towards the rope, but he kind of slides like, feet first to avoid getting hit by the barbed wire, which works nice for him. And then Rocco Rock is whipped into the other ropes, but he slides all the way underneath them, avoiding them. So we have two successful dodges of the barbed wire ropes, which, you know, you get the, ah, oh, ah, oh, effect in the first couple of minutes of the match here. Uh, the public enemy, they are then whipped into each other. Which hurts. Cause <laughs> in full force into each other. As Rocco has slipped outside, this leads to brawling on the outside. Terry he gets a couple chair shots, and then I believe it's Rocco Rock throws him back in, and Terry is the first one to eat the steel. He kind of face plants him on the uh, the steel that or the steel, the barbed wire, the wires. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, proceeds to kind of. Try to rub his head to it, into it, but then Rocco Rock just runs and tries to jump on him. But Terry Funk moves, and Rocco Rock clotheslines himself on the barbed wire. Mm. Painful. Rock, he's then dragged outside by Terry Funk, who then proceeds to rub his face on the barbed wire, busting him open. Not optimal. Yeah, no. Rocco Rock is the first one um, busted open there. Terry Funk. He then hits Johnny Grunge with like an old school St. gregs style wooden chair, you know, with like the individual panels. Wooded dragon. <laughs> a wooded dragon. Yeah. Was to <laughs> These ones are a little, a little, a little more. be fire. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're <laughs> they'll be very dangerous for them. A little more fragile than uh, the steel dragon, but the wooden dragon over Johnny Grunge's head and this busts Johnny Grunge wide open. So. Both Republic public enemy busted open at this point. Terry, he then gets uh, wrapped up in the barbed wire trying to get back into the ring because you know every match of Terry Funk's, he's just rolling around. <laughs> unfortunately, he's you keep... flopping around yeah. like a dying <laughs> fish. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't uh, do that in a barbed wire match. No, and recover as easily because you don't kind of bounce back like. Uh, the rubber ropes that they usually right. yeah. you or cables you actually stick to this shit. Right and it sticks, wire. It sticks to each other. Yeah. That's, because that's what barbed wire is supposed to do. <laughs> it's supposed to trap things in like right. a spider that's net. That's what it's mean. <laughs> that's its sole purpose. Dory, he uh comes on screen for some and he's busted wide up like he found him. Yeah, he's bleeding a lot. He gets slammed on onto the barbed wire, like press slammed onto it rock then gets tangled in the barbed wire as does johnny grunge so we got both of the public enemy kind of tangled in the barbed wire at the minute both the funks hit a suplex and pile driver combo so not actually a combo move but one's hitting a suplex on one as the other is hitting a pile driver on the other and then uh this is when terry funk asks the fan like asks for a chair and the fans proceed to throw in about 50,000 chairs. <laughs> so it's not quite the, the level that's in the opening video, mm-hmm. but we'll get there. This causes um, Bob Artiste to get on the microphone and, and yell at the fans to stop throwing chairs in. Imagine if somebody like overthrew the ring or something and hit another fan. Although I don't know if fans back then would have sued. Yeah, 90s. Like, yeah? Heart of the lawsuit era. Really? I figured now would be 10 times worse. Like the fan would sue the fan that threw the chair would sue the wrestling company because they told them to throw it and then the wrestling yeah. the wrestler would sue the wrestling that's why there's company. There's like
1: stuff on the back of your ticket when you go to, <laughs> you go to like, go to like a, a football game that's like you you you're here at your own
0: risk. Yeah. So, but you still can't sue even if it tells you you're here at your own risk. So that's all you have to write. Come at your own risk and that that I, I'm not a lawyer. Am I a fucking lawyer? <laughs> That absolves you. I got leather books, but uh, I haven't read them all. I haven't gotten to the lawyer section yet. The law.
1: <laughs> it's all in one book. That's the book they throw at people. The one book of laws.
0: It's leather bound. So but yeah, Bob Ortiz yells at the fans to stop throwing chairs. Terry and Rocco Rock are on the outside, like going to the outside of the building. They make it all the way outside. Um, which is July, so it would have been nice out. It wouldn't have been negative 20 like it is here. And then for some reason we get some technical difficulties and the screen just goes black for about a minute. So I don't know if that was somebody taping accidentally hit the pause button or if that was from like the tape dubbing back in the tape trading days. So we just missed like a minute of footage. Like, it's like... Audio. The, yeah. No, we missed... Well, you missed a minute of audio. I missed a minute of footage and audio. So, if anyone, if there's ever that, that'll be like unearthing the Dead Sea Scrolls. If you, if you find that minute of lost footage, maybe it's on Oak Island, dude. <laughs> I don't know anything about that, so. dude. <laughs> so we cut back. Eventually, we get back to the ring. Uh, Dory, he is wielding a garbage can at this point don't know where that came from. I assume they had garbage cans in the mm-hmm. building. Yeah, or like nacho trays and stuff. <laughs> the the boats? That they yeah. <laughs> so he's wielding a garbage can. Um, Dory Funk, he's bleeding profusely from that left eye, which is really nice. I wasn't... I didn't think... I think he... I, excuse me. I would have thought he would be the least one to get into this match, you know, with the blood and what have Guts. you. But, but he, he's all about it. Grunch, he has grabbed the wire cutters from the ref. Finally! Ask, like, <laughs> like,
1: why does anybody have.
0: It's the first thing
1: I would do if I was in a barbed wire match is just grab wire cutters.
0: cutters. <laughs> yeah, so he grabs them from the ref, uh, proceeds to work over Dory pretty ruthlessly with them, although he's hitting them with the handles. As why didn't possible. he use it to just cut the barbed wire? <laughs> Wait, hang on. Hold your panties. Um, he does then. Actually, he doesn't use them for a while. Then uh, you can see Rocco Rock. He proceeds to work over Terry with a chair, and then Rocco Rock does cut the the wires to get Terry Funk all wrapped in the barbed wire, which leads to Rocco Rock pinning Terry Funk because he's so wrapped up in the barbed wire he can't even fucking move. So the Public Enemy has retained their title despite getting their asses pretty much kicked.
1: off. They use their surroundings to their advantage. Yeah.
0: So the deal breaker in this match. Was the wire cutters. Right, okay. So post-match, the Funks, they go berserk in the ring. Start to beat up the public enemy. Start covering them with the chairs. Um, Terry just looks absolutely possessed by the devil. As he's completely covered, or wrapped up. Uh, He's bleeding, he's wrapped up in barbed wire. And then the public enemy just gets completely destroyed post-match. Johnny Grunge actually ends up getting wrapped up in the barbed wire too, I think. Because... He's like, oh, Terry Funk's doing it. I want to do it. So he <laughs> gets thrown in the wire. And then Funk cuts the barbed wire attached to him, which leads him to being completely tangled up in the barbed wire. But then actually, you'll watch it the post match. Even the fans are trying to cut take him some wire. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. So, and Dude, then Dor- Terry
1: Funk, everybody takes a barb. <laughs> <from him.
0: laughs> so, what did you think on this match, specifically the barbed wire match?
1: Of the Funk matches? Right? Mm-hmm. This is the most entertaining. It's yeah. by audio. But again, I would've liked to see this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Move one of those title matches a <laughs> Cause belts belts belong at the end. They, I do agree. The, the belt is usually the last piece of clothing you put on.
0: That is true. When do you put your barbed wire on? Huh? When do you put your barbed wire on?
1: I put that on before
0: my belt. <laughs> your, Okay, I agree with you in the most part, except when it's going to be like a gimmick match like this, because you know it's just but they're all gimmick matches. Every non belt, every non title match is a <laughs> gimmick match, but not like this where you actually have to take the ring apart, put you have to take the ropes off, put barbed wire around it. That's like a whole process and everything. So I can see it being at the end. It's like kind of hyped. I mean, I I do prefer.
1: I guess you wouldn't. You would not want You'd have to like mop up the blood. Before yeah, the next I w-
0: match. always prefer the heavy, like the heavyweight championship. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, should be the last match every big card, but there is exceptions, and I feel like when you have like barbed wire match, something like this, because I don't think it had been done in America before. So something like that can overtake a height, height match. The height that can overtake the the significance of the world title match. Or the heavyweight title match. But granted, you couldn't even get Douglas to defend the title. This is like the first time in a long time. Which is actually it. why it should have been at the end. It's <laughs> yeah. a big freaking deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You so. might not see that rookie. <laughs> That's true. We know Terry Fox can do something stupid Yeah. Like tomorrow. So how do they top this? I don't I know. I don't know. Yeah. So me personally, I love this shit. You know, the barbed wire, the bloodshed, the fan involvement. Terry Funk is crazy. And then Dory Funk getting bloody as hell, and he's not really known for doing that, I thought was very interesting. Good to see him, you know, getting embrace in. The yeah, new. That's a good embrace. That's a perfect dots. That's, Yeah. That's a perfect Dory <laughs> Funk has been eating vanilla ice cream for fucking forty years. It's nice to see it's him. It's good at <laughs> But every once in a while, he—it's he, nice to see them Im, even try the and Dots, you know. So, you know, Terry Funk—they're both. I mean, Terry Funk was like fifty at this point. Dory's fifty-five, somewhere around there. And these two have been, you know, feuding at least for the past month or two. Got to step up the ladder, so held my interest from start to finish, and. Not a lot I mean, of, they not, didn't... not a lot of filler in this one, which is nice. Yeah, so it held my interest the whole time. Uh, so, what did you think of the pay per view on the whole? So I said was it was like not a lot of filler. Oh, I thought you were nice. just talking about the match. No, yeah. about the, the yeah. Really, the only the, the only filler thing I it was thought was the first was, one. Well, that and the Dreamer. Yeah, the but... first part of it, the Dreamer Stevie Richards, but then that kind of tied itself into the other part. So, yeah. I don't think it was any better than the other ones, but it's definitely not any worse. Just the two, I mean, the two that had no buildup, you know, just two guys stuck together. But as for me, when it got to Sandman Cairo, which I know you weren't real thrilled about, I thought that shit was, that's when it really started to pick up. Um, and then it kept rising, and then you got the bang at the end with your um, barbed wire match. Even like the sabu taz just like minute of tag team combination was fucking it was tits, dude. I loved it. So, um, and then holy shit, all three titles were defended on this. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no new champions though, but still, we saw them. Oh, yeah. we saw belts. Really, only one new debut. I mean, Dory. Well, no, Dory Funk was there last time. It's uh, Steve Richards or Stevie Richards. Which I mean, he's been in TWA and the ECW before, but. I think Not his, yeah.
1: Not may be be on, on. this is. Oh, man,
0: this, on. Yeah. This is his first um, big match debut. And then my man of the night, Chad Often. Dude, he was bumping around the ring, around the building, everywhere. Here, there, the... everywhere. Yeah. Who Every was, which way but loose. Yeah. Who's your man of the night? Sabu. Sabu. <laughs> your go to. It's always Sabu. Yeah. He did wrestle two matches and two good matches. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we do say goodbye to a couple people. Previously, um, he wasn't on the last show, but I think he was in like one more TV taping, but Maddie in the House is no longer with us. You know, you remember ups. Maddie in the House? Big ups to Maddie. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Well, sorry, buddy. You're gone. Sal Balomo, Oh, yeah. So he wasn't on the last show, I don't think. But no, was not. He was on one last episode. So no more Pizza Splash. Uh, no more Marvin the Martian. Apparently now he just runs it. He's... What would you say is his ethnicity? Uh, I mean, he looks very Italian. He's got the gladiator roaming, Rome thing going on, but he's actually Belgian. So I guess he runs a school out there now. Like I said earlier, we lost Joey Styles for a month, but he came back. So no one, unless you're watching the shows, would know that. So next up we have um, Hardcore Heaven 94. Heaven. Which is, I think, in the next month as well. So, back to back. Yeah. This will be three months in a row. Join us next time as we reopen the Extreme Wrestling Archive. So, like and follow us on Facebook. You can watch us on Vimeo or YouTube. Listen on iTunes or SoundCloud and then if you want to kind of help defray the cost you can make a little donation on our Patreon page which is Extreme Wrestling Archive don't eat <laughs> and Dots thank you this is brought to you by the affili- <laughs> affiliation to End dipping Dots <laughs>